The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Well, thanks again for joining us, folks. Uh, This could be the show of shows as we head into the first Saturday of May at Churchill Downs under the Twin Spires. Very, very evenly matched field in the Kentucky Derby. The Oaks might have a standout. We'll be talking to our guest about that. And I want to tell you folks that you can be a part of the action with us. Uh, We're having a great contest over at winningponies.com, okay? So it's pretty easy. We're giving you all the way right up to 6 o'clock Eastern Time on Saturday to do your handicapping should you need it. You'll see it. It's real easy. As soon as you go on the site, it pops right up. So anyhow, the contest is 25 points for win, 20 for place, 15 for show, 10 for fourth. Uh, then uh, we're the first place winner will get $200 in cash. And then after that, we're going to kind of give you cash. We're going to give you winning credits, winning ponies points. Uh, second place will get 100. Third place will get 75 winning points. Uh, fourth will get 50. Fifth will get 25 winning credits. Sixth and seventh, we're going to send you away with a winning ponies T-shirt. And then we're going to ask you to put in the final time. And whoever gets that is going to get a really cool fitted uh, winning ponies uh, ball cap. Last time I saw Ed Meyer, he had one on. So again, entries accepted in our contest uh, till six o'clock on Derby Day, but you can get them in anytime if you think you're going to be a little bit busy on Saturday. So the Derby is finally here. I brought in three of our most popular handicappings. Uh, we got uh, Tom Law who is going to be with us. Uh, of course, he was the managing editor of ST Publishing, uh, among his other writing awards. He's a winner of the Red Smith, and that's for writing the best story on the Kentucky Derby. So certainly Tom Law uh, knows what he's doing. And then Dan Illman, boy, I hope you go to DRF.com because they put up great videos. Uh, he and Mike Beer and Matt Bernier, uh, they've really been dissecting uh, the Derby and the Oaks, but they're going to do a lot of the undercard races. And I'm sure that Dan will tell us like what the whole schedule is going to be uh, on Derby Day because it is an unbelievable undercard. Uh, then we're going to bring on my man, Steady Eddie, Ed Meyer. I know he's been on top of this. So, uh, again, three of the most popular handicappers from the feedback I've gotten from people on the show will be with us to break down the Oaks and the Derby. Of course, uh, after you win those uh uh, winning credits from winningponies.com. You might want to apply them to some of the easy win forms. Had some nice hits. Florida was a hot spot. Tampa Bay, a 50 cent pick five, paid 4739 
April 29th, a 50 cent Super 5 key paid 1,448. And on the same day, another Super key in different race, $1,319. Okay, folks. Well, um, as you know, entries, odds, post position, everything has been drawn. Uh, we'll go with the granddaddy of them all, the Kentucky Derby. If you're following along, hopefully you've uh, already maybe pulled down some uh, information on the field. The unlucky horse is looking at Lee. Nobody wants the dreaded one hole. But looking at Lee doesn't need it because uh, this Asmussen trainee comes from way, way out of the clouds. So if anything, he's going to save ground. I mean, this horse does not make a move until the half mile pole. So looking at Lee, who was on the outside looking in, got into the race 20 to 1. Corey Lannery is going to ride. Uh, then the Irish bred Thundersnow. They did decide to go with the Godolphin color bearer. He's listed at 10 to 1. He's in the two hole. In the three, my buddy Doc Hansen taking a shot in here. They finally named a rider. Channing Hill is going to ride fast and accurate. 50 to 1. Probably because mostly he's been winning on turf and synthetic tracks. Then another Asmussen trainee, Untrapped, will go at 30 to 1 with Ricardo Santana aboard. Always Dreaming, who's been very quirky this week. Uh, Pletcher has been getting him out of the uh, the barn You're right as soon as they open up the track. I was down there watching training on Tuesday, and Always Dreaming, they ha- had to go to draw range, which helped the jockey or the exercise rider get better control because he was just doing all kinds of stuff, jumping puddles and spinning around, bucking, uh, you know, don't know if it was the new surrounding. Uh, he never has run at Churchill Downs. Always dreaming set at 5-1. to one. one of the favorites, Johnny V, will be up. Uh, then uh, Mark Cassie's long shot, 30-1, to one, State of Honor, Jose Lescano up. Mike Smith, of course, he got the ride on Gervin when Brian Hernandez uh, moved him a Kraken, 15-1. to one. We'll be talking a little bit about some of the problems uh, that Gervin's been having throughout the week. Uh, discovered a quarter crack, basically the horse has been training over at Keeneland. I believe it just got to Churchill today. Uh, he listed at 15 to 1. Again, Mike Smith up's not going to hurt you, but you got to wonder about this uh, hoof. They put a, a special shoe on, and so he wouldn't be banging it on the track. Uh, they've been swimming him quite a bit uh, down there in Lexington and then probably just going easy on the synthetic training track. But uh, Gervin did go over the strip uh, the last two days at Churchill, according to Mike uh, Welsh, uh, he just kind of didn't like the way that he's not a smooth mover. That doesn't mean he's hurt or anything, but maybe that's just the way he moves. Uh, then you got uh, Asmussen at 15 to 1 with Hence. Florent Giroux was up. And uh, IRAP, who a lot of people like, and he does make an eyeful. He's a good looking horse. That's the Doug O'Neill trainee that was over at Keeneland. Uh, finally, did spend the last couple of days at Churchill Downs at 20 to 1. Gunavera, the great story horse from Antonio Seno, has Javier Castellano up, a fellow Venezuelan, 15 to 1. Then you've got Battle of Midway at 30 to 1. That's a Jerry Hollendorfer trainee that. Uh, Set most of the pace in the Santa Anita Derby was just collared by Gormley at the end. That was a really uh, close race. Sonneteer sneaks in, 50-1. to one. Kent DeSormo is going to ride for his brother, Keith. J-Boy's Echo, Dale Romans. Got to see him out on Monday night at a fundraiser for Second Stride down there in Louisville. And uh, 
He's he's uh, at twenty to one. Looked awful good in the mornings. I can tell you that the tepid favorite at four to one. Last year's Eclipse Award winner, Classic Empire. Uh, then right next to him is McCracken at five to one. Throw out his bluegrass stakes, and this horse is undefeated. At twenty to one is Taprit Jose Ortiz to ride. Irish War Cry looks awful good in the morning, folks. Rajiv Marab will be up for grand motion. And then Gormley, the winner of the Santa Anita Derby, is being a little bit overlooked at 15 to 1. You could get some value there. Uh, Practical Joke at 20 to 1. Joel Rosario will ride. They just missed in the bluegrass for Chad Brown. Patch, the one eyed horse, all he's going to see is the thousands of people in the grandstand. He's got a good right eye, but he has no left eye, and he drew the outside post. So that's the rundown for the Derby field. And I want to remind you about the uh, the, the fantastic undercard, um, starting with the, the sixth race. Uh, you've got the grade one $300,000 Humana Distaff. The seventh race, you got the Distaff Mile. It's a grade two at 300000 the Pat Day Mile, a quarter million dollars, will be the eighth race. Uh, the ninth race is the American Turf, and that sports a $300,000 purse. For a half a million dollars, the tenth race is the Churchill Downs. Uh, then we go on to the eleventh race for four and up fillies, the Turf Classic. That is half a million dollars. And, of course, the 12th, the Kentucky Derby. Again, a a great, great undercard uh, looking at us uh, in the Derby. Also, the the Oaks, we'll probably be talking a lot about Paradise Woods and some of the other ones, Miss Sky Warrior. Uh, Of course, I really like Farrell and their undercard. Now, this is on Friday, so pull down those easy win forms because you've got a slew of them, folks. Uh, start in the fifth race. Now, that's going to be at 1235. Don't forget, we got early post. Um, that will be uh, the La Troyenne. That's a grade one, 300,000. Sixth race is the Ali Sheba, grade two, 400,000. Seventh race, the Turf Sprint, grade three, $150,000. The eight bells will be contested as the eighth race, 200,000. It's a grade two. Man, that's a full field of talent right there. Uh, then the uh, ninth race, just an option. We're going to take a little break. Then we come back with the tenth race. Uh, which is the Edgewood, a grade three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and the eleventh race, of course, the Kentucky Oaks for a million dollars, a grade one. So you got a lot of good multiple wagering opportunities. Pull down the easy win forms, and we wish you best of luck. Well, listen, let's get right to our handicappers. I understand Tom Law is ready, willing, and able to do some capping with us. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. Hey, one of my favorite people in racing, the managing editor of ST Publishing Incorporated, Tom Law. A guy I'll be tapping on when we get closer to the Saratoga meet for sure. Uh, but uh, one thing that he has done is won the Red Smith Writing Award, and that is for the best story on the Kentucky Derby. And you're competing with a slew of award-winning writers. And, of course, obviously, Tom is one. Tom, refresh my memory. Which derby was that that you got the Red Smith for? Well, I'm glad you brought it up because, actually, it's my really my favorite uh, writing award that I've won, and it, I won it in 2003 for a story about a, a New York bred just like myself, Funny Side. <laughs> yeah, they didn't think he could do it. I believe he still resides at the Kentucky Horse Park now. He does, he does, and he used to make a trip up to uh, to my old stomping grounds in Saratoga every year, and um, I, I think they, they stopped sending him up every year, but obviously he's a popular horse at the Kentucky Horse Park as a Kentucky Derby winner should be. There uh, there aren't uh, a ton of them living, uh, but obviously we're going to have uh, one more living here in another couple of days. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, we will. I was just wondering if you thought we are going to have another New York bread. Well, all right. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. We're, we're, There's we're, we're, one in the field. So, yeah. We're, we're going to have to... We're going to have to split it up a little bit. So uh, let's get to the Oaks first. Uh, that's going to be on, on Friday. Uh, it's listed as the 11th race. Uh, the, the, the now horse, the wow horse from everybody I've talked to and read and listened to uh, on the Internet um, is Paradise Woods. Lightly raced, but my God, her Santa Anita Oaks was sensational. It sure was. She was, uh, you know, hugely impressive going against the horse, uh, Abel Tasman, who a lot of people are really high on that Bob Baffert trains that he had just, uh, just gotten from Simon Callahan. They transferred the horse over to Baffert. Everybody was pretty high on, on her. And Paradise Woods just, I mean, made it look easy. Stretching out for the first time. She's a, she's a by union rag who, of course, won the Belmont Stakes and has gone on to be a pretty useful sire with only two crops right now. And uh, just siring horses that can show a lot of classic potential, a lot of two-turn potential. And uh, Paradise Woods, you know, she had run two races at six furlongs, five and a half furlongs. And, and you know, leave it to Richard Mandela, a Hall of Fame trainer, to step her up 
and, and take on the big dogs and go in the grade one Santa Anita Oaks, and she won by 11 and three-quarter lengths. I mean, just a, a truly dominating, powerful performance. Uh, the only question I have as a handicapper, I mean, if she's a good price, she's kind of worth the play, but, um, you know, she's a horse that's run only in California. She's going to be facing a sloppy track here, I think. That's all safe bet is that it's going to be wet here in Kentucky for the next three days. Um, you know, she... She's, she's going to be facing a lot different uh, kind of opposition than she faced out there. I think the, the general consensus was that a Billy named Unique Bella was, was the star of the show in California. Unique Bella's on the sidelines with a little bit of an injury. So, uh, you know, in Paradise Woods, it was 8-1 to one in the San Anito. So I, I know. I feel like if you miss the wedding on that, you know, you're going to maybe go to the funeral and take a short price on her in here. <laughs> You know, so I guess maybe I'm. I guess maybe I tip my hand and I'm, I'm playing against her. Uh, I certainly respect her, and I think, you know, I think the world of Richard Mandela. I think he's just, you know, he's awesome, and and uh, you know, gets it done all over the country, and but especially in California. But as we know, this this race is in Kentucky. Not that he hasn't uh, done well in races in Kentucky. He had Beholder here that just got just got barely beat in the Kentucky Oaks a couple years ago. Who I really thought she was the best, uh, the best that day. Well, you, you brought up a point, and that are going to be the weather conditions for Friday for sure. Saturday's still up in the air, but I can tell you I'm down in the area, and it's awful damp around here. I, I kind of like the hometown yeah. horse, uh, Farrell. Uh, Wayne Catalano, I was there uh, w- with him and Mandela and Cassie at the draw for the Oaks, and he, he was quietly confident. You know, he, he just mm-hmm. said something like, Boy, you know, uh, Bataglia set the morning line at five to one. He goes, boy, if that line stays at five to one, I hope I can get to a window. So he's very yeah. confident of Farrell, who we know has been running at the fairgrounds. But her career started at Churchill Downs, where she had a lot of success, including a very important race, the Goldenrod, going a mile and a sixteenth as a two-year-old. And what I love about this horse, Tom, is it's a horse for course. Four starts, two wins, and a third at Churchill, and the horse relishes the goo. Three starts at a sloppy track, two victories. There's just something about this horse I like, and that's not to leave out Miss Sky Warrior, Able Talisman, or Salty, but my eye keeps going back to Farrell. Yeah, my my colleague, Sean Clancy, he he picked her to win the Oaks in, like, last fall. He he was very impressed by her. I think maybe shortly after the Golden Rod, he really liked her. And like you said, I really love horses for the course, and I, I think Churchill... Especially, I think it's a, it's an advantage to have experience over the track. And not only is she like, as you said, two for four with a third, but she actually won on a wet track at Churchill um, in early October. And that's you know she broke her maiden going six and a half uh, on the wet track at Churchill. And that that right there, I mean, you, there's no questions, right? I mean, she can handle the off going at Churchill Downs. She can handle Churchill Downs. Uh, she can handle a route of ground. She's won three in a row. You know, she won three in a row going, or four in a row going long, three in a row this year. And I like I like Catalano. He's a, he's a cool guy. He's a character. You know, yeah. he, 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 but but he's confident. You know what I mean? He's not. I don't want to say he never touts his horses, but for him to be like, you know, I'll take five to one all day on her, I thought was a pretty pretty strong statement. Um, and and like I said, uh, my colleague Sean has her picked. Uh, Picked in the win spot. I actually we just put our we just put our picks up on thisishorseracing.com for the Friday card at Churchill Friday Stakes card, and 
I like another filly that's by Union Rags, and uh, maybe she's a little bit of a a wise guy kind of buzz horse. Uh, there's always you know there's always those in the in the Oaks and the Derby every year, as you know, John. I'm sure we'll we'll talk about the Derby one here in a little bit, but uh, and that's a filly uh, named Tikilita, who is trained by Michael Mass. Uh, he trains he trains a silly for his wife, and she's by Union Rags. And of course, uh, you know Union Rags is the sire of of the favorite Paradise Woods. And uh, you know she only ran she's only run one time, going two turns. Uh, that was a race down at Gulfstream. Typically tends to be kind of a speed favorite track. She's going to be stretching out uh, to a mile and an eighth here. And going along again, and I just, I just feel like she, she's a villain that showed speed as a two-year-old, going, you know, sprint distances, middle, middle, longer sprint distances, one mile, seven, eight, and, and, and I just think she, the talent is there. She looked good the days that I've been out there and seen her. I think she looks good. She looks like a horse that wants to go a distance of ground, and, and she was second in the Gulfstream Oaks behind Salty, and she beat Jordan Penny, who's actually in this field too. So it's uh. I'm looking forward to maybe step up a little bit. All right. Well, let's move on to let's move on to the boys, Tom, because th- this, you know, everybody says, "Who do you like in the Derby?" Of course, if they know you're in racing, that's the first question out of their mouth. And I said, "I like half the field." You know, I mean, you can make a case yeah. easily for half a dozen horses in here. So I'm going to shut up and just let you take it away. Well, I, you know, every year it seems like the mantra is that the Kentucky Derby is the most, quote, wide-open derby we've seen in years. And uh, a, a lot of years, I think that's true. This year, I'm not totally convinced that that's totally true. I do think that there are some horses in here that may be a little bit uh, limited at, at, at the mile and a quarter distance. Horses that didn't finish that well in their last start going a mile and a eighth, you know, horses that just Looked like they may have sort of reached their reached their maximum distance capabilities going a mile and a sixteenth or a mile and eighth and a mile and a quarter. If you know, John, it's uh, you know they they have to take a deep a deep breath of air when they hit the quarter pole <laughs> here at Churchill, and and, and really it, it takes a good effort to kind of finish down the lane. Now, having said that, I, I maybe have narrowed it down uh, a little more than you. I don't have I don't think half the field has a chance, in my opinion, but. Uh, I, I'm I'm down to really the, all the the major uh, players. Um, well, give them to me. Uh, I got three minutes left. Three minutes left. All right. Well, the three that I like the most are the three most logical horses, and I do think that this year's Derby is pretty top heavy in terms of the major contenders. So, uh, Irish Warcry being one who comes out of the Wood Memorial uh, Classic Empire, who is the Morning Line favorite, just thoroughly professional performance last time out in the Arkansas Derby. And then McCracken, who is uh, three for three at Churchill. We talked about that a little earlier. And comes out of a, you know, a prep in the Bluegrass Stakes. He was hoping to run in the Tampa Bay Derby. They missed that race. Uh, Ian Wilkes, kind of an old-school horseman, came up under Carl Nasker. You know, the horse is looking Really good uh, in the mornings out here. He's turned in some very good workouts that a lot of people that are more workout experts than I am are, are very high on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's between those three. I also like the two horses from California, Gormley and Battle of Midway, who are kind of getting panned by a lot of people. Nobody seems to think 
the California horses are very good, but they only need to look at recent history, and they also need to look at the fact that IRAP, who was a maiden who had been beaten up by several of these California horses out in California, came and just won the bluegrass, basically gate to wire. So IRAP is kind of a good key horse to kind of look at. So I actually like Gormley. He's run on a wet track. He's trained by John Sheriff. You know, so um, are you going to hold me to giving a pick right now at 8.26 p.m. Eastern time here on Thursday <laughs> for the Derby? No, no. I mean, you gave us three great horses to box because the three horses you named are, if you may held a gun to my head, they'd be my three favorites. Yeah, because to be totally, completely honest, and I hate to be sort of wishy-washy, and, and you think I, I do this for a living. I do this, uh, you know, 52 weeks a year just like you do. I should have an opinion here, you know, 48 hours before the Derby. But to be honest with you, between those three top contenders, I still haven't made a conclusive pick. Um, yesterday I was leaning towards Classic Empire. Today I'm leaning towards McCracken. And, you know, everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to be the day that I picked the winner of the Derby. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's the hardest, it's the hardest one to do. You know, I had, I loved it when I had Monarcos way back when, and, you know, I was pretty happy about Barbaro a few years ago, but you know, it's, it's a hard race to pick the winner in. It's, it's obviously a, a hugely hard race for, for horsemen and owners and breeders to win. And, you know, it's, a, it's the centerpiece of our game. So it's a, uh, it's a great puzzle and the wet track, you know, really kind of throws everything for a loop. And I, I wish we had a dry track. I think the wet track sometimes compromises what may happen down the road. And I, you know, I hate to say we may not have a triple crown winner because we have a wet track in the series because America Farrell ran on a wet track and he won the triple crown. But I almost feel like, you know, last year he had a wet track in the Preakness. It kind of like made some, you know, some freaky results in there. Although exaggerator was certainly a class horse, but, you know, it's kind of a weird thing to have the, the wet track at the Derby. I mean, it's happened before, obviously, several times in the last, you know, three decades or so. But, um, you know, it adds a new, a new element for sure. Uh, it, it, it does. It, it does. You know, and again, um, from, I'm not sure, you know, what, what you've heard, but they're saying that the, the rain may move out, uh, you know, by midday. Uh, I could be wrong. I'm getting the weather report from Cincinnati to Louisville. Um, and you, you know that those those trackmen down there are just, like, unbelievable at, uh, you know, making a, yeah. a, a track that's been wet all day fast by derby time. Yeah, they do They do, do a great job. I think they've always done a great job. And on a big day, obviously, they want to have a fast track. And I was, you know, I, it, it, secretly, I was kind of optimistic myself. I was like, I, you know, I really think, the weather pattern in this area, I lived here for 15 years. I kind of, I remember what it was like to live here, and you get that bad forecast like three or four days out, and you'd be like, well, by the time it gets to the actual day itself, it's actually going to be pushed through already. We kind of get in this, like, I don't know, slipstream, jet stream. I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist, but I know that it would kind of whip through, and then, you know, you'd be like, what happened to all the rain? You know, I'd be driving, to the, driving from Lexington to Louisville at, like, you know, nine in the morning on Derby Day, and like I thought it was supposed to rain. I got my rain gear, I got everything, and it'd be a beautiful, sunny day. So I, I don't know if we're gonna have a beautiful, sunny day, but uh, you know, it's not, it wasn't raining right now when I got to my hotel here in Louisville tonight. Um, but I know it rained all day, um, and, and who knows about tomorrow? Like I haven't, I need to really look at the forecast. But it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a minute by minute, hour by hour kind of thing that that you're gonna have to watch. 
Yeah, and uh, so anyhow, Tom, everybody's looking for everybody's opinion. Uh, this is horseracing.com. Uh, is that exactly where we go? And then it's going to be pretty exactly. obvious where the picks are? Absolutely. Be front and center. Uh, I'm getting ready to change the page a little bit, get the Oaks picks. Uh, Oaks takes picks up there for tomorrow. And then right around, uh, even before this time tomorrow, probably, you know, 4 or 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, We'll put the Kentucky Derby Day picks up there. So we'll have Joe Clancy, Sean Clancy, and my and my pick for all the stakes on uh, Derby Day up there. All right. Well, Tom, thanks again for spending the time with us. Uh, kick back and enjoy your uh, environment there at the Galt House. Rub my nose in it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if you see Jeff Ruby down at Ruby's, tell him I said hi. Absolutely, I did get a very nice, uh, very nice hookup from one of uh, one of our great friends at the Saratoga Special and, and of ST Publishing, and I'm very appreciative of it, and it's uh, very comfortable, and I'm looking forward to a, a great weekend. And I hope I I, w- I wish I could run into you, John, and borrow some sunscreen from you because you're my number one sunscreen man. You always help me out. We're both very fair skinned, so. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, I'm, I'm hoping I need it. I'm hoping I'm looking around for you on every day uh, for it. And I hope maybe if I can't find you, I get a good sunburn. That means it's a sunny day and a nice You're day. You're going to be up in the gold in room getting drunk. Don't tell me that. Come on, man. Anyhow, Tom, thanks a million. We're going to take a break here. Perhaps our paths will cross anyhow. They they won't they won't let me in the gold room, but uh, I might see on the way in or something. So anyhow, I want to thank very much uh, Tom Law, winner of the Red Smith Award for Best Kentucky Derby Story, a, a national prominent award. We're going to take a little bit of a break here. When we come back, hope we got Dan Elman on the line from the Daily Racing Forum. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and back with me, uh, Dan Illman from the Daily Racing Forum. Go to drf.com. I've been going there all week long. He's the handicap editor and the host of the DRF News Desk. Uh, basically, uh, he sails the SSDRF, uh, and then and then with him, uh, hop on uh, Mike Beer and, and Matt Bernier, and it's just it's a great ride. Uh, they, they've all got uh, you know super opinions and uh, great insight in, into the races, and so. So I implore you listeners to go over to DRF.com. Dan Elman, good to hear from you. Hey, it's always great talking to you, John. Thanks for having me on. Okay, well, I've really enjoyed the week listening to you three guys, and I've got to give uh, kudos out to Mike Welsh. I mean, the guy has such an amazingly trained eye for watching the thoroughbred horse, and his insight into the works and just just the overall health of horses leading up to the Derby is fantastic. Now, he's phenomenal. He's so thorough also, just clocking all of these horses, and it's not easy. I tried it once, and it was an unmitigated disaster, and it was back to the studio for me. You've got so many horses, and he catches them all, and he gives just great impressions on how they're feeling, not just how fast they're going. And we've got his clock reports up on DRF.com, as well as some pretty fun video reports. We've got some cameos from just about everybody on the backstretch, from Baffert to Pletcher to Dale Roman. So uh, we're having a lot of fun this week, obviously. That's what this is all about having some fun but we also want to make some money and uh you know mike's got his finger on the pulse of who's working well who's not working well at churchill downs yeah i really enjoyed that also i'm watching when i see bob baffert swatting flies behind mike welch's head i think another time jerry bailey kind of like moved into the scene it was it was fun to watch you know that everybody's getting into it and that's you know come on that's why we're in this game it is fun you're supposed to have a good time but hopefully we make money at it and uh that's what you and mike beer and matt bernier i think help a lot of people do uh with your segments a real quick just for our listeners uh, if somebody can't make it to the races and, uh, you know, want to catch up, what's going to be your schedule on, on Oaks and Derby Day? Well, head on over to video.drf.com. We've got all of the stakes previews for the graded stakes races at Churchill Downs on both Oaks and Derby Day. We've got our new weekend handicapping preview program out of the gate, which is a, a real fun program. Not only do Matt, Mike, and I go through all the graded stakes races, but we've got Craig Milkowski from Timeform U.S., Nicole Russo from DRF Reading. We've got noted tournament player Jonathan Kinchin, and we're giving all kinds of different opinions and betting strategies on these major races. So video.drf.com and the out of the gate segment. Uh, also up on YouTube, Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, etc. Plus Great. on DRF Live on Saturday, not to shamelessly self-promote, uh, you're going to want to follow uh, all of our great writers and contributors at Churchill Downs on the scene with the latest up-to-date uh, news on site. Absolutely. Uh, had uh, Byron King on last week, uh, so he helped us out with his, his derby preview. Uh, bumped into him and Marty McGee. I'm sure those guys' uh, fingers will be raw by the end of the day with the uh, tweets and the stories they'll be putting out. Now, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, but these guys are the best, and you know they've got wonderful contacts on the backstretch, and they know what's going on. Plus, they have some great handicapping opinions uh, as well, so if there are any overlays on the tote board, they'll let you know in a hurry. 
Well, I know they have great opinions because I, I, I see them at the betting window. So <laughs> at least they back it with their own green. Well, uh, you know, uh, this is just I'm going to try to put 10 pounds in a five pound sack. So I don't want to rush you, but I, I want to get your thumbnail sketch starting uh, with the Oaks. I just had uh, Tom Law on. I'm sure you know Tom. Uh, and uh, from everything I'm hearing, as a matter of fact, I think the guy I'm talking to said that uh, the heir apparent to beholder Paradise Woods will be in the Oaks. Was that you? It wasn't me. Uh, well, I had heard that Dick Mandela might hope that he's that she's the heir apparent. And after she won the Santa Anita Oaks by a country mile with a 107 buyer's speed figure, a lot of folks believe she might be the heir apparent to beholder the way she won that race. And listen, she's way the horse to beat in the Kentucky Oaks if she runs anything close to that race in the Santa Anita Oaks. But everybody talks about the curse of Apollo as it pertains to the Kentucky Derby. You know that old saying, no horse since 1882 has won the Kentucky Derby without racing as a two-year-old, any kind of experience as a two-year-old. Well, no Kentucky Oaks winner has won the Oaks since 1978 without two-year-old experience. I think that was Woody Stevens in White Star Line. Paradise Woods, we're asking a lot of her here. She's shipping all the way across the country. She's trying a mile and an eighth uh, for the first time. Maybe that's enough to try to beat her at a short price. Add in the possibility of a wet track, and I'll try to look for some value elsewhere. And the two horses I landed on, they're very logical horses, but I expect Paradise Woods to be hammered at the windows. It's the 10 Miss Sky Warrior and the 13 Able Tasman. Miss Sky Warrior already has two wins at a mile and an eighth. She's won something like five races in a row coming in. She's got good tactical speed. She ticks most of the boxes. And as for Abel Tasman, while she was no match for Paradise Woods last time out, I have a feeling she's going to really appreciate getting away from those hard, fast racetracks, those speed-friendly tracks in Southern California. You get her to Churchill Downs, you give her some pace, I think she'll come rolling late for Bob Baffert. So I'll be keen on the 10 Miss Sky Warrior, the 13 Abel Tasman. And we'll see if Paradise Woods is as good as she looked in the Santa Anita Oaks. Um, you know, a lot of times when you're coming into a race as prestigious as this, the last thing you want to do is make a change. And I see that blinkers on Abel Tasman for Bob Baffert. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I guess you, it's, it's not ideal. But I think Bob realized he had to do something. I mean, uh, Paradise was handled uh, Abel Tasman very, very easily at Santa Anita. And I think Bob's still trying to tinker with this horse. Remember, that was only his first start since he was, this Abel Tasman was transferred over uh, from trainer Simon Callahan. And I think Bob's just tinkering with this horse right now. Maybe he feels Blinkers is going to get her sharpened up. And again, I think for the, from the most part, we know this horse has some ability. I mean, she won the Starlet, a grade one race last Last year is two. She's a big, good-bodied filly. Uh, I'm not too concerned about the equipment change. Uh, I just think that pace and uh, getting to a mile and an eighth and getting away from those uh, hard racetracks at Southern California are going to work to her advantage. Well, it will be very interesting if uh, Paradise Woods, as spectacular as she was uh, in, in her last start, um, facing a, what we believe was a pretty tough field out there on the West Coast, um, can handle the wet track. That's just so, that, that's the one question. Uh, I, I know that uh, uh, Mike Welch just says she looks great. Obviously, they were all maintenance works, nothing big. But he, I mean, I'm, I underline the word great listening to his, uh, you know, uh, reports on, on DRF. And uh, so, yeah, she, she's got the bullet on her back, but there's a few in there. Uh, 
real quick, I'm just going to give you my uh, my my angle is that the horse for course and a horse that loves the wet, and that's Farrell, the hometown horse with Wayne Catalano. He's a really cool guy, and uh, he seemed quite confident when he spoke the other day at the draw. But uh, so yeah, uh, it'd be a great. Uh, great race. There's going to be some great multi uh, races with the undercard. But let's move on to the big end. We got Dan Illman from the Daily Racing Forum with us. It is the Kentucky Derby, two million dollars on the line, and uh, you know we've got about three minutes to cover one of the tougher fields that that I've handicapped for a while. Dan Illman, who you like? I like Irish War Cry. I think a lot of people like Irish War Cry, and I have a feeling that this horse is going to take a lot of money on Saturday. But every horse in this race, John's got some sort of a question mark attached to him. It's just been that kind of year. Irish War Cry, aside for that one hiccup down in South Florida, has done nothing wrong. He's run some very fast races. The Wood Memorial was a visually impressive race, and he's got that tactical speed. He can either go to the lead, he can sit off, he can come from far out of it. So a lot of things to like about Irish War Cry. I think he's going to come in and give a very good effort. The question is price. If he gets pounded at the windows all of a sudden, obviously he's a lot less uh, appealing. Keep an eye out for that thunder snow, though. You know I've been crowing about Epicaris for about six months now. Epicaris <laughs> showed up in the UAE Derby. I still don't know how thunder snow got him in the last three strides of that race. I think you have to be pretty good to beat Epicaris. I think thunder snow is pretty good, but he's going to be facing a pace I think that's a lot faster than he's used to. But that's the way I'm leading in this race. Irish war cry, thunder snow. I think all Always dreaming is very logical, and hence is kind of an interesting long shot as well. Well, I, I've been down to the track, and I will tell you this: Thunder Snow is just a, a beautiful animal with an extremely long stride, and just seemed to be thriving in the morning for what little time uh, he's had to uh, spend over here. And I'm uh, listening to Mike Welsh. Uh, as much as always dreaming, um, you, you know, is a huge jump, jump up horse. Kind of reminds me of Paradise Woods in his last start. Um, this horse has had some skeptical uh, things happen in the morning, and they they even had to go to uh, the draw reins on it because he's been tough to handle. And Pletcher sneaks him out as soon as the track is open. Uh, you know, in the dark, uh, I think he's going to get a lot of action, but I, I think he's vulnerable. He's very, very headstrong, and you've got to think this derby pace is going to be solid. They've been saying that fast and accurate is going to be sent right out of there. We know IRAP has a little bit of early speed, and you've got several horses that are tactical. Always dreaming. I think if John Velasquez had his way, he'd break, he'd let fast and accurate go, and he'd hope to sit second or third without them going too fast. The problem is it's up to Always Dreaming. It's not up to John. Always Dreaming's got to relax and listen to John's commands and not the other way around. He's been pulling a lot. Supposedly he was a little bit better this morning, but we'll see if he's able to relax enough to last this demanding mile and a quarter. Well, uh, I, I know that uh, uh, I, I listened to your, your comments uh, w- with uh, um, Mike and uh, Matt after the uh, the dirt, the post position draw, and he kind of said, you know, post position didn't affect hardly anybody in this race. Even looking at Lee, who draw the one hole, hell, he's not going to start running for a half a mile anyhow. Um, but as you guys stated, always dreaming might have to go a little bit sooner than he wants to because while the five hole is not an inside post, there's some speed horses around him that might giddy up and go. 
especially right outside from the number six state of honor who's got a little bit of gas. So it's really up to John Velasquez. He's got a break, but then he's got to extricate himself from that scrum of horses trying to drop down inside towards him so that they can avoid you know, being hung out wide going into the first turn. So John's a great rider. He, he obviously has got this planned out. But again, this is a very inexperienced horse always dreaming that is headstrong. So you want to get away from that scrum of horses, but without expending too much energy. It's a delicate dance that John's got to perform with always dreaming uh, it, it definitely is and there's just so many other horses we, we could talk about i wish i had Dan, dan oman on for another half an hour but time constraints are going to pull me back uh dan once again thanks a lot for joining us and it sounds like you guys are going to have uh your plate full on both friday and saturday Oh, it's going to be a fun weekend. Let's hope the weather holds up just a little bit. We get the rain, but hopefully not the deluge that they're expecting. But good luck to everybody out there. Uh, It's going to be a fantastic weekend of racing, obviously culminating with the Derby. All right. That's Dan Hillman from the Daily Racing Forum. We're going to take a quick break here, and we come back. We're going to be talking to a man that you know I admire. Admire. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, one of my best friends in racing. Uh, we've shared an office together for uh, many a year over the years, uh, sometimes maybe a little too close. But anyhow, I've, I've broken loose from the field, and now I have to uh, you know, contact uh, Ed Meyer when, when I can. As you know, he's the odds maker and race caller uh, at uh, Belterra Park in Cincinnati and uh, is also a excellent writer for winningponies.com. Uh, we got the contest again, Ed. Uh, $200 cash for the top prize, but you're probably ineligible because you're kind of an employee. You know, uh, I have to respect you just the same, but may- maybe uh, maybe I'll put it under my girlfriend's name. 
<laughs> Wouldn't be the well, first time. <laughs> well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. John, it's great to hear your voice, and, and, I, and I heard your other two guests. Uh, you got the who's who. I, I feel like I'm bringing up the rear with the gear, but you know what? I, I'm just pleased to be on. No, you know, Steady, you you were the former host of the show. You passed the baton to me, which I'll be ever gracious for. And, uh, you know, we've been too close together as handicappers, and I know how good you are. So uh, let's let's head down the road on I-71 and uh, uh, pull on Central Ave and under the Twin Spires. Uh, and uh, on Friday, we kick it off uh, with the Kentucky Oaks. As you know, it's going to be wet, it's going to be rainy, and that could have an effect on the outcome. As I just spoke to my last two guests, uh, I'll have to repeat myself because it's true, uh, Paradise Woods uh, has the target on her back. Um, she's kind of a freakishly fast horse. Uh, Richard Mandela, this could be the next beholder. Uh, we don't know, but she didn't run as a two-year-old. While she, and the Santa Anita Oaks, where she was so dominant by 11 three-quarter lengths, was her first try going long. I mean, it had to be impressed. She's by Union Rags, who I believe won the Belmont Stakes, so she's got legit to go the distance. But, man, there's about four horses under there that I like because in my exact is I'm going to reverse them and put her first and second. She's about as hard as a coffin now, John. I, I absolutely have nothing but the the top the tops of respect from the trainer for the rider, uh, Paradise Woods. But I just don't know if there's enough seasoning when they when they hit the top of the stretch and they're looking at uh, the the quarter mile and the, from the long way in. John, it sends me right out to the 13 hole with Abel Tasman. You're getting five to one of Mike Smith for Bob Afford. Bob doesn't have a Derby runner this year. I think he's going to get the trophy. Hopefully that is my plan at 5-1. to one. He doesn't have a derby entrant. He's going to get his trophy here. She is 5 for 6 in the money, making her third start of the year. She was off slow in a beaten favorite last time out, I believe against Paradise Woods. Yes. And this, this race shapes up really nicely. Right in the forecast, she'll do her running late in the lane. John, I really like Abel Tasman, and I really don't think the 13 hole is going to be a factor. Well, she, she looks like she rates very well, and I noticed that since she moved to the Baffert Barn um, for the San Anita Oaks, a uh, guy by the name of Mike Smith in the Hall of Fame took over. The only question I have in a race of this magnitude that you change equipment and put blinkers on. I, I agree to that. I, I, I hate to see that. It's it, it just it's like it's like stepping on something sharp out of your uh, out of your house slippers. It's like ouch! I just hate to see that because right about now they should have all the all the all the tacks in the right place. That is about one of the only things that really draws me back. But I'm not going to question Bob Baffert, and I'm definitely not going to question Mike Smith. I, I have the utmost respect for for the connections there. I'm really sold. And if you like Paradise Woods, you have to like Abel Tasman, especially if you're going to bet an exacta. I'm just going to lean towards the outside, and I'm going to go over top of two twenty to one shots with the one ever so clear drawing the rail and the two locked down a pure speedster with a. Great Great speed rider with Jose Ortiz. So I'm taking Abel Tasman on top of a pair of 20 to 1 shots with the 1 and 2 hole. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, lockdown, trained by Billy Mott. Uh, 
this uh, filly is a full sister to Close Hatches, who's a millionaire. And so there's a lot of upside to this horse and had kind of a brilliant work uh, this week, which, you know, a lot of horses didn't go hard this week, but Lockdown did and, and had a solid uh, 35. So Mott's obviously like ratcheting it down a little bit and uh, uh, seeing what she's got. So, you know, she could be one of the speed horses, you know, with Jordan's Henny and uh, a couple others in here, like Miss Sky Warrior. I've got a lot of respect for her. I mean, she's only lost one race in her life, and that was her first start, the Maiden. Um, you know, Paradise Woods might have uh, her work cut out for whether or not she'll be over bet or whether or not she is the heir apparent to beholder, we will find out in the Kentucky Oaks. Well, let's move on to a challenge that uh, horses will do perhaps once in their life, unless they turn into a grass horse, and that's going a mile and a quarter. These are three-year-olds. They're going to be asked to do something they've never done before, going a mile and a quarter. And that, of course, happens every year, first Saturday of May at the Kentucky Derby. Ed, uh, as I stated earlier in the show, I keep going back and forth uh, on the horses I like in here. Uh, I'm going to have to partner up with you on like some superfectus. That sounds like a winner. We've always done we've always done well betting together, so I would enjoy that greatly. And there's only one Englehart uh, handicapper, and that'd be Brother Dan. That's uh, he gets a nod better than you at the windows. But uh, I'll I'll leave that for another show, John. I'll tell you what, I entered into this race thinking chaos ruled. And I was looking for that 20 and 30 and 15 and 20, and then all of a sudden there was a moment of clarity. And then I I got to looking at two runners. And I hate to say that I'm going to be a chalk-eating weasel, but on this day I am. I'm going to take Classic Empire. Julian Lepreau for Mark Cassie, son of Pioneer of the Nile, best juvenile in 2016. I think you had to respect the champ. Two for two at Churchill. That's a big plus. A yes. late-running style that's sure to give you chills if he's on task. And his last start was 21 days ago, and this has been the benchmark timeline a lot of big-time handicappers are looking for. He left the Bluegrass and many of the other races alone and went to the Arkansas Derby and did a tremendous job. I love Classic Empire. Well, I respect Cassie so much as a trainer. Uh, sure, he could have gone uh, in the bluegrass and easily got the points to get in the race. Um, I think maybe he got an extra week uh, by going to the Arkansas Derby. But what yes. I was most impressed about that race, and I, I beg our listeners uh, to go back and look at it, is how Le Peru put that horse in between horses and just ate dirt for the first six furlongs easily. I mean, he didn't even squeeze them out until they straightened out the stretch. And so this horse has overcome a lot, some quirky training things and a hoof injury, a back injury. Uh, but, man, Cassie did a great job with this horse, and I thought Le Peru did a great job uh, in the Arkansas Derby. And quite frankly, I don't think he was whipping him in the lane at the Arkansas Derby. Um, I, I think he pretty much urged him on and timed it perfectly when he got to the wire. Vigorous hand ride. I, I think there's plenty in the tank. The flip side of that coin goes for me to McCracken. And once again, it's a son of Ghost Zapper who relishes the track, loves Churchill at three for three. John, I think it's going to be the horse for the course angle. This is something that you and I have handicapped together for years. I think this is the horse for the course angle. Those are my top two. Rounding out my try goes to Gormley at 15 to one. Victor Espinosa, the Mr. Derby per se, with three winners to his credit. 
I think this third start off the layoff angle looks to be really good. Gormley is heading for a prime effort. But it's going to be, for me, Classic Empire, McCracken, and Gormley all day long. Well, if we're if we're playing five in the super, those are three that I'm going to have in there. And I will tell you, as a, somebody that watched uh, uh, the, the gallops this week, uh, Gormley coming in from the West Coast uh, looked to just relish uh, the going at. Uh, at Churchill, uh, he's not the biggest horse, but he's very muscular and, and takes big, powerful strides. And uh, you know, I uh, was very, very, very impressed with, with with his presence in the in the morning. So, uh, you know, I all I could say is that uh, he's legit, and I've always liked him. You know, um, I don't think you could really toss out, but just maybe a couple in here. I think there's a couple pretenders that are really just hoping for the clouds to part and lightning to strike. But in, in my in my heart of hearts, I only think there's maybe two or three that you can legitimately toss out. And and I don't mean any disrespect to the connections. I just think that you actually they're shaking the dice and they're hoping for some sort of uh, you know parting of the Red Sea, John. I, I I'm going to stick to really. I, I went in with a with a chaos mentality, but I came out a chalk eating weasel, and I think that I'm pleased with my selections. Well, I am pleased too because those are horses I like. And like I said, if you want to partner up on a ticket, I'm I'm in there with you, brother. Um, Deal. Uh, t- I'll tell you what, our, our, our producer's uh, telling me I only got a minute left, so I am going to say adios, amigo. I'll be calling you off the air, and uh, let's put together a nice ticket because I see some double-digit prices we could throw in there together. I would love that. And remember, to all your listeners, John, be sure to download your Easy Win forms. Winning ponies zeroes in on the marquee days like uh, just a laser bullet right through the middle of the target. They are sharp on the big days. Yeah, we got a lot of stakes races. And don't forget, we got the Winning Ponies contest, everybody. Just go to winningponies.com. It's free, $200 cash win prize, and then winning credits for second, third, fourth, and fifth. You can get T-shirts. You can get ball caps. All the rules are up there, and you can sign into the contest until 6 o'clock on Derby Day. I want to thank my main man, Ed Meyer, uh, Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum, Tom Law from ST Publishing. I want to thank Mad Widener, our producer. Wish you the best of luck. Remember, Remember, when you go to the races, whether it's Oaks Day or Derby Day, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.